0: What a week to be a Charger. Welcome back to the BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall, and uh, I'm joined here by head coach Mark Sviguerra, as well as Jackson Lamb. Jackson, I don't think we could have possibly done a podcast this week without having you on to talk about the week we had. And before we get chatting, uh, we must have used up, this crowd must have used up all the electricity in this building last night because we're sitting here Sunday morning it's about 11:30, and uh the power's out I think on most of the north side or maybe the west side I know my house doesn't have power right now uh Mark do you guys have power at home do you know have you heard anything
1: I don't I when you walked in I was on the phone with my wife who was out and about and tried to go to high V to pick up a couple things and they're out of power so not sure what's going on Jackson said he saw a electrical box that was black on top maybe it blew up or something but uh I hope for the people of Sioux City they get this fixed before 5 o'clock
0: this evening. I'll drive wherever it wherever I have to go to watch the Super Bowl tonight because, as our listeners may know, I'm a, a big Chiefs fan. I've been waiting for this game uh, for a long, long time. So whatever I have to do, uh, if we have listeners from anywhere within a 200-mile radius, just let me know
1: if you guys have the lights on because I'll come watch it at your house if I have to. You know, this isn't live, Matt, and the listeners aren't going to hear this till Tuesday. So I, I don't know that your your plea for help is going to – yield any results. That's a fantastic point. Uh and uh we'll talk about that.
0: Obviously by the time everyone's listening to this the game will be over, but I'm a Chiefs fan. I know we've talked about this. You're a Niners
1: fan. It's- yeah, it, and it's a little unfair to compare us as fans because in my youth I was a huge Niners fan. I still root for them. I don't follow the NFL that close. The NFC Championship game was the first game I watched all year long. <laughs> but uh I am still a Niners fan. I don't I don't switch allegiances to teams. And so I think we just need to get right into the bet we're making on this game, Matt, the, the BC Buckets podcast Super Bowl bet. And I think what we talked about is each of us pick a restaurant and the loser takes the winner to lunch at that place. So what's your spot? So I, I put
0: some thought into this. Um, and, you know, when you see these bets, like mayors of different towns will do these things when sports teams are playing each other. And it's something – it's usually something that has to relate with – the city where the team is from. So, I what I'm thinking. And I'm not. This isn't probably in my top five of restaurants in Sioux City. But if Kansas City is going to win, I got to have some barbecue. So I'm going to give you the option. When Kansas City wins, you can either buy my lunch at Famous Dave's, or I know you got a nice Traeger uh, smoker this last summer. I'm willing to let you uh, smoke a rack of ribs. Um, either that. I eat at your place or that you ship over in some tinfoil, whatever it takes. But bottom line,
1: when the Chiefs win, I'm going to get treated to some barbecue. Okay. I like where your head's at. Um, and when the Niners win, this is, there's no relevance to San Francisco here. Is it going to be like a kale salad or something? Whatever those yuppies no, eat out there. No, we're, we're going to go to Milwaukee Wiener House when the Niners win. Excellent choice. Yeah, it's, it's a Sioux City landmark, and I figure – you know, it's close to your work downtown, so it, it works on a couple different levels. It's just I walk
0: across the street. That's all. Famous Dave's too, actually. Now that I think about it,
1: that's true. It, in the off chance the Chiefs win, I think I'll go with option two, though, and we might have a uh, a barbecue celebration while we record the pod, while we record the podcast in the future.
0: Works for me. So, you know, obviously, everyone listening to this, it's probably Tuesday, um, so the the game has already happened. So, what we're about to do is uh, retroactively either look like geniuses or look like idiots. But let's hear each of your score predictions. I'm going to go first. I feel good about this one. Uh, You cannot stop Mahomes. They're going to score their points. It's just a matter of can they slow them down enough to keep them under 35. Uh, I don't think they can. I'm going to go 38 to
1: 30 is my final score. Kansas City Chiefs, world champions. Okay. Uh The Chiefs had been held down by good defenses this year. The Niners' defense is really good. Uh, The Chiefs' defense is not good. They're not going to be able to stop the San Francisco rushing game. I say 49ers, 34-27. Jackson, do you have any opinion?
2: Um, I don't really have an opinion. Like, I can't give you a play-by-play, but I got a score for you. Okay. Let's go Chiefs, 35-28 all right
0: there you have it so uh time will tell hopefully it's a great game i'm excited tonight like i said my my uh, kids have been indoctrinated they're gonna have their chief gear on so it's gonna be great um you know to finally have somebody to to kind of root for in the super bowl i grew up in the 90s uh so it was you know at one time i probably tilted towards the cowboys just because that's what you did. do when you're seven years old and that's who's winning every year. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So let's talk some basketball uh, because this was uh, just a, an awesome week. And, and a week that, you know, we've we've kind of been talking about this season, kind of waiting for it to happen, waiting for things to kind of click. Um, I know there's been some struggles getting, getting wins uh, in the win column, um, but a lot of close games, a lot of tough games. And you've said it, Coach, you know, you're just a few plays away in a lot of those games from – uh, turning those losses into wins. Well, this week you go two and zero against two ranked teams. Not just two ranked teams, but 17th ranked Mount Marty on Wednesday and number one ranked Morningside. Who, uh, you know, I didn't have a chance to go to the game earlier in the year at their place, but they are really good, really long. Uh, during warmups, you know, you kind of start sizing people up as a fan, and and they they look like a basketball team. Um, and we'll talk about that game in just a second. But let's start with Mount Marty. Um, and that was a game where you know jackson you had 54 points i think i, t- I ran into you at subway the other day i think i told you, you know i was watching that game on the internet kind of as i was doing homework so i was kind of doing i had my attention on two different things and every so often i just look over and every time i look at the screen you were draining a three or doing something just ridiculous, and uh, their announcer just seemed to be saying your name over and over and over again. Uh, just an awesome game, career game for you. Great team win. It's, the final score was a hundred to ninety. Uh, coach, what what finally happened? Where, how were you able to finally get over that hump where you you didn't let the opponent
1: kind of steal a you know a ten minute stretch from you? Well, I I think. This week on the whole is just one that was probably in the works for a while now. And, and I, I kept saying I thought we were close and we needed to we needed to put together a complete game. And I think starting with Wednesday, we did a pretty good job of that. We came out really strong, had a little bit of a lead. We did uh, we did give up a pretty big run to, to Mount Marty. We gave up a 15-0 run in the first half and, and found ourselves down 12. And out of a timeout, we went on a nice run we were able to to have it tied at halftime. And I felt really good going into halftime after we withstood their run and and got back to even with them. And from there, we really controlled the second half. And and down the stretch, it's nice to have that lead down the stretch where we've been playing from behind, and and we were the ones kind of back on our heels having to press and and really force some plays. And our guys did a really good job of just handling their pressure, uh, getting a couple big stops down the stretch. And, you know, to get that win on the road against a ranked team, obviously, that was a great feeling for us. And I, I think that kick-started the rest of the week. I think it gave us a lot of momentum uh, moving forward. And, and we're going to talk about yesterday's game here in a minute. But, you know, you brought it up, and, and Jackson had an unbelievable game on, on Wednesday up at Mount Marty. And, and 54 points, I think it's fourth in school history you know, and the other two people ahead of him that have the other games are Mario Galvez and Rolando Frazier. So he's sitting in pretty dang good company in that regard. It's the second most points scored in the NAI this year, um, and I, I think Jackson has the second and fourth highest totals this year. And you know, it's just one of those games. He got it going. I thought he he got a couple good looks early. Um, he was able to to free himself a couple times, and that's not always easy for him the way teams are guarding him, but. I think those early looks got him rolling a little bit. And then in the second half, it was just, you know, whether it was a good shot, bad shot, tough shot, contested shot, it didn't really matter because he had it going. And I, I, I laugh thinking about it now, but he had one. He shot a guarded three, and the the ball wasn't even up to the peak where he's going to release from. And I would already called timeout and had the clipboard in my hand before the ball went through the net. But, uh, you know, I – In my time of college basketball, it might have been the most impressive individual performance I've seen. And I I think the most impressive thing about it's not the total, it's the efficiency. You know, he was 18 for 32, uh, got to the line, um, you know, made threes, obviously. But it it was just a a, a heck of a game. And as good as it was, it was also a, a really good team win, you know, in terms of executing a game plan, sticking with it stay in the course throughout a game. I thought our guys did a really good job of that. And you look at the total and the final score, and it's 100 to 90. And so what I'm going to say is probably going to sound crazy to some people, but it was maybe the best defensive game we've played all year. You know, their their guard, Chris King, he's a heck of a player, and, and he got going for them and hit some tough shots as well. But that 90 points came on 86 possessions, you know, and so it's it's not nearly as bad as it sounds or high scoring as it sounds. But it was it was just a great feeling to get that win after we had some tough losses in a row there. Jackson, in a game like that, is is there a
0: point where you can just feel where you, as a player you just feel that you're on, and and you just feel that it's going to be a big game for you? Or you know, I think this is this has been more the case during your career where, you know. You you generally let the game come to you, but you're the type of guy where when you're feeling it, you're not afraid to come down with 27 seconds left on the shot clock and put it up from 25 feet. So, you know, at, at what point during that game, if at all, did you feel like this is just a night where you're on, you're, you're going to be able to do some things, even with the added attention that you generally seem to get?
2: I'd probably say... It was probably sometime in the first half where, um, like coach said, they went on that 15-0 run, and then uh, when we kind of took their jabs and came back with our push, I think I set a couple ball screens, and just picked and popped it. And I think I made two or three back to back. And then I don't know, the shot was just feeling great, and I think I knew when I kept seeing those go in, and it just the way it felt, I was just like, yeah, this, I'm feeling it right now. And then um, coming out of the, coming out of halftime, I got a Good look early. Just got to the rim, and then it just kind of—I just took off right. Well, the next possession down, I kind of chucked one, like you <laughs> said earlier. Missed it, but um, yeah, and it was just one of those where I just kind of had it going the entire time, and it was something—I something was never—I've never felt yeah. like that before. Well,
0: we've we've talked about this before, Coach, too, where there's just certain guys, that, and I've seen a few of these guys over the years at Briarcliff where they just have the you know basically the automatic green light. And that's not to say that I haven't seen Coach Figuera throw some what-are-you-doings uh, at you out on the court, Jackson. But, I mean, do you do you feel that confidence from the coaching staff that they trust you to make good decisions, play within your your skills and your talent, uh, to have the confidence to take those gutsy shots, if gutsy's the word we want to call it. Sometimes I'm shaking my head saying, what are you doing? Then the ball goes in, and I look like a moron. Um so I mean, you must just have a, a tremendous amount of trust in the coaching staff, and they must have a tremendous amount of trust in you to make those plays
2: yes, definitely um that's kind of coaches always said shoot or shoot and uh he always he says he has the green light at all times in Briarcliff of basketball we shoot a lot of threes, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> honestly um wow. when when you get it when you get it going like that you can still take bad shots and I actually remember one exact time uh it was actually what I was talking about that my second shot in the second half Austin Leffler coach Leffler um told me literally right out of halftime like before we even the ball even got thrown in he was like get to the rim like shot fake like you don't need to pull up with like 27 seconds to go (laughs) or in the shot clock and then I literally was listening to him like yes coach yep that's uh, you're 100% right and then the game goes and you fire up something that wasn't completely a good shot and then just hearing that and like i missed it but then after that i was like yeah like you got to trust like into the coaching staff and like what they're talking about and yeah that 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 was like a lot of um what made me successful was just trusting in them knowing that they trust in me and like their guidance and advice
0: so you know they We're ranked 17th uh when when you guys played them they're a good team like we talked about last week uh they're tough to defend um you know they play a little bit different style what how do you i mean how do you enjoy playing those types of games where it's a little more um it's a little more quick oriented guard oriented you really have to to uh play well one-on-one with your guy, as mm-hmm. opposed to a lot more of the, you know, like morning. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but you seem to be the guy who was assigned to be the the help on Borchers when he got the ball down low. Um, whereas a team like Mal Marty, you kind of have to, everyone has to do their job because the ball's flying around guys are flying around. Yeah. Do you enjoy playing those teams more? Or, you know, is the different, I guess, defensive styles, what, what type of game do you find uh, more enjoyment in? Um,
2: that's a, that's a tough question I mean I, I think coach would be the first one to, to uh, tell you that I'm not the greatest defensively so <laughs> well let me ask you this as a
0: player does your does your mindset change or as a team does your mindset change with how you approach defense when you're when you're playing a team like that where they're gonna try to get somebody off one-on-one on one side of the court and see if they can get it to the rim
2: um yeah I would say your mindset changes but in every game, you got to play team defense and help each other out. I mean, it lo- it probably looked a lot like Chris King was playing one on one against Jaden a lot of the time, but other times Jaden's right up into him, and that was de- that was designed. And then we were like the team, the rest of the team was ready to be in help position on that. And of course, he's going to hit some tough shots, but honestly, just playing team defense every single game is like a key to that and I guess I couldn't tell you what type of game I prefer I I guess I just prefer games that we win
0: yeah there you go well and like I said we had two of them this week and let's talk about the second one uh, because I think that was one of the more memorable one of the more memorable games I've watched in this gym and I think there's always some recency bias with something like that I think um, when you see a big game it's always like man this is you know top two or three games that I've ever seen but In the totality of the situation, you're playing the number one team in the nation at home uh, in a season where, you know, you just went through this streak where it was tough to find a win, yet you guys come out, big win Wednesday night, come in today, uh, come in Saturday, and just play a total team effort to really – control that game for probably three quarters of the game. I think it was back and forth a little bit early, Uh, but from there, you know, you stretch the lead out to 10. Uh, They'd get it within maybe as close as four or five, but you always responded. Somebody came up big, whether it was Jackson coming up with a bucket, uh, Jaden coming up with just that huge three with about three minutes left, something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, And then on the other side of the court, guys like Austin Roteman, you know, kind of dictating or at least making things really difficult for Borchers. I know he got in foul trouble. So then guys like Tony Bonner come in uh, and you have to really lean on him. Hicks, I thought played some, some good quality defensive minutes down there, just a total team win. And I think that's why that sticks out to me as, as such a big win because you know, this season hasn't exactly gone where, you know, you'd probably wish it would have gone at this point in the season, But that said, you continue to play Briarcliff basketball. And when you do that, you know, you can beat anybody. And that's what happens. So, Coach, tell me about that game.
1: Well, I think it first and foremost is the most complete game we've played all year. And I I look back through and and there wasn't, in the whole game, there really wasn't a three, four-minute stretch where it was a 12-0 run or a a 14-4 run or something like that. And that's something that has plagued us. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And, and we talked for a couple days with the guys about, you know, the opportunity of, of playing the number one team in the country. And, and Morningside, like I said last week, they're a team that they just don't beat themselves. And so they're they're not going to give you a lot of opportunities to, to go on big runs or anything like that. But at the same time, they are beatable. And – we could beat them by doing what we do we just had to do it really well and we had to make our own opportunities and and i thought our guys really bought into that i thought they executed our game plan and then when morningside exposed probably a couple flaws or weaknesses in the game plan i thought the guys did a really good job of adjusting coming out of halftime to what we needed to do to to clean that up and it's like every every punch they threw at us we either ducked it or we just took it and threw our own back and and it was really exciting and really fun to see that um, because that hasn't always been the case this year. And and you know, after a week like this, it's something where we have to take this momentum and, and roll with it. And that's not to say we're gonna we're gonna just win every game out, but just playing the way that I think we're capable of playing should give us a ton of confidence, should give us a little bit of the swagger back that we haven't had the last few games. And and so I was just really proud and, and happy for our guys to get that win. Um, you know, to talk about some individual performances, you know, Jackson had a second double-double of the week. It um, was actually fairly close to a triple-double, mm-hmm. three assists away. But uh, I honestly thought the MVP of the game for us was Tony Bonner. He was a guy, you know, he didn't play at all in Wednesday night's game, and that was a that was a stylistic thing, um, and he knows that's not the, the ideal game for him to play. But he came in, and, and Austin Roteman got in foul trouble. Cody Hicks was in foul trouble. Tony was in foul trouble for a decent chunk too, but he gave us 12 points and I thought he did a really good job defensively, just making things hard for their big guys and also rebounding. And uh, it was, I was really happy for Tony to have a big game like that. But but you said it too, I you know Jackson made a big shot late, Jaden made a huge shot late, Ethan Friedell made a big shot late, and just like every time we needed a play, someone made a play. And the crowd was awesome. It was just a really fun day uh, for our program, you know, and I think for our school as well because to win a rivalry game like that, it's pretty dang fun. That's the type of game where you remember a lot of
0: really little plays that I think were huge. I remember Bonner, there were a couple offensive rebounds that went to the floor that he was able to to pull away. Late in the game there was a a loose ball that I think Friedel had Doe for down on Morningside's side of the court. Mm -hmm. Just little things like that that can turn a – five- or six-point game into a two- or three-point game really, really fast. Um, And then Jaden shot, I want to talk about that for a second because he's he's a player who, you know, last year, his first year, we knew he was good. Um, We knew he was really good. Um, This year, good, solid player. And then there's a point, it seems like in everyone's career, where they make a play where it feels like they just took a step to, you know, kind of that next level. And that shot, that three that he took where I think maybe we were up, I don't know, five at the time, five or six. Uh, and he makes that three. He makes that three, which, you know, really puts you guys in control for that last couple of minutes. Um, just a huge play. And that, that seemed like a moment for him where, you know, he he's kind of taken that step to become – to become – you know, a leader on this team. So it was just a lot of fun to watch. Great performances from everybody. Um, Hoyt, you know, I think maybe he had three points or something like that, but he hit a big three in the game that was really yep. important,
1: important. He 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 had five, actually, because he made two huge free throws. Oh, um, we were in a situation where we were we were going to have to make free throws to make sure we could put it away. And I think between Nick and, and Jackson and Ethan, I think we went six for six down the stretch. And I could miss one or two in there, but uh, – the biggest, I think the biggest thing, yeah, we shot the ball really well. And I, I thought we played really well against a, a good, aggressive physical defense. But I thought it was our defense. We, I thought we really made things hard for them for the majority of the game. And it was another game, just like Mount Marty, where guys really executed the game plan, executed what we needed to do, adjusted if we needed to adjust. And, uh, you know, that, that makes a huge difference, especially this time of year when you're playing a team for the second time. It's, it's coming down the stretch of the season. Everybody knows what everybody's going to do. And when you can go out and execute what you need to do, that just makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, it seemed like the plan from early on was to make things really hard for Borchers down low. Every touch he got, like I said, right early in the game, you could tell they were trying to set the tone down there. And then Jackson, you'd come in and, and close things off for him. And he, I mean, he had, what, 22, 23 points. You're not going to stop him from scoring, but you can make things really hard. And make them uncomfortable and take them out of you know the way they want to play. And I thought, I thought we just dictated that aspect of the game pretty much the whole way.
1: Yeah, and, and and he's a load to deal with because he's he's obviously a really good scorer in the low post. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's a really good passer. And so when you double team him, which is what we did to start, um, he can make you pay because he is a really good passer. He has great vision. Um, And as we adjusted that a little bit and and changed where we were coming from or if we were coming at all on a double team, I think that really bothered him at times. And and so, yeah, he had had 23, but I I know he had to work really hard for those 23 points he got. And he's a guy you're not going to just shut him down and and hold him to six points or something like that because he's he's that good of a player. But I, I thought our big guys just fought and battled and played relentlessly for the entire forty minutes because he's he's just he is a hard guard and he, those three guys did a really good job. Jackson, I saw
0: on Twitter last night you posted um, a video with you going over to the student section and giving some high fives and throwing a shout out to the blue crew. How important were they in that win?
2: <laughs> Vital. They're awesome. Awesome.
0: How does this game rank for you in terms of games you've played in during your career at Briarcliff?
2: I would definitely say that was probably not probably definitely the number one game in the Newman Flanagan Center that I've ever been a part of. It was it was just awesome the whole entire time. It was hyped in there. We were playing how we sh- are capable of playing, and it was just awesome. In uh, my entire career, definitely top three. Um, you can't I mean you can't beat winning games at the national tournament, but definitely it's it's up there.
0: So I wanted to do something because, as people might know, we've talked about this before. I do the score table uh, for the games, and I, I've said this before too. I try to stay pretty neutral during that game, during those games. But that game was was dang near impossible, and there were a few table slams, like positive, happy, excited table slams, and some expletives that uh, I probably need to apologize to the other table people for. Um, but it was a huge game. And I just felt it was, it was a big game. And like I said earlier, for a lot of reasons, you're beating a really good team. Um, you're doing it you know, in a year where you know, who knows how, how the season's going to shake out the rest of the way. But at the end of the day, you guys have not given up on what you do. And so I, uh, I made the decision to rip the score pages. I don't know if you're a sentimental guy, but I ripped the pages out of the official scorebook and framed them for you so you can always have my scribbling as a token oh, of uh, what happened during that game. So it's the official scorebook. I got the date wrong and everything. So you'll see that there's scratch outs all over it. But uh, I thought I thought that was one that uh, maybe I should rip out of the scorebook. So that's for you. Thanks. And I will say, after the game, when you went through the line, you gave me the most painful five I've ever felt in my oh, life. I think my hands just recovered. Oh, we were so hyped. <laughs> so hyped. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's, you know. The season's not over. So there's five more games all at home to close out the uh, regular season, part of the season. And that starts on Wednesday night with Dakota Wesleyan, who comes to town Um, And they're a good team. Ty Hoagland's one of the best players in the league. Um, He's been that way for a while. Another one of those guys who feels like he's been in the league since 2008. Yeah, I think
1: he has, actually. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, Borchers is one of those guys, too. It's like, why don't these guys Yeah, and I think a lot of people
1: say that about Jackson, too. I'm sure
0: they do. Yeah, that's how it goes. And that's obviously a a, a mark of respect. But they come in. They're a tough team. Always fun to watch Coach Wilbur and you kind of (laughs) play off each other's energy. Um, but they're a good team. I think they're maybe ranked top ten in the latest. Yeah, poll. they're
1: they're they're tenth right now. There, there'll be a new uh, poll comes out this next week. I would imagine they'll stay in a similar spot. But uh, yeah, they're you know they're a good team. They've they've had some injury issues. Um, they've lost a couple guys, but they just keep finding a way to win games. And and so the team we're going to see out on the floor for them on Wednesday night is going to be quite a bit different than the team we played against. Two and a half months ago, or whenever it was, we were up there. Um, But you know, a lot of what they do revolves around Ty Hoagland. He's he's an unbelievable scorer. He's a really good player. Um, And they've gone from, you know, they were playing three, four guards at a time. Now they're they're playing a much bigger, longer lineup, and they've been really good defensively. You you look at yesterday; they played Concordia and held them to fifty points. Mm -hmm. And so they're they create some issues for us with their length and their size. Um, and and we'll obviously have ways to try to counter that but it's it's a fun game that's become a fun rivalry as we've talked about um, over the last five six years and you know people probably think coach Wilbur and I have a untalked about bet and who can be crazier on the <laughs> sideline we actually don't um, and I think I used up a lot of mine yesterday with the jacket throw and I kind of forgot i jumped up and down like seven <laughs> straight times i I was asked by a couple people if i heard anything i didn't i'm happy to report that but uh you know it's it's just been a fun game it's a it's a program that i have a ton of respect for i think our guys feel the same way um you know i think they have a lot of great kids in their program and it makes them fun to compete against and you know we're, we're in a situation with them where they beat us the first time and we have a chance to to get a little revenge and I think with the momentum we created and the, and the confidence we created this last week, I think we're going to be in a, in, a, in a spot where we can win the game. That guarantees nothing. Um, but we're looking forward to getting back after it. And, and being at home, this whole stretch, is it just makes a big difference. It really does. Having that home crowd, home energy behind us. Um, and even yesterday in a game where, per usual, it's going to be a split crowd when you're talking about an in-city rivalry. I thought our crowd was big time yesterday. And I I hope we can continue that. And so any Briarcliff students listening to this, let's keep that rolling here for these next few weeks. So those Wednesday night games, women will play at 6, the men will play at 8 here in the Newman Flanagan
0: Center. And then fast forward to Saturday, Midland comes to town. So uh, that game didn't go as planned down in Fremont. in in a place that we've talked about before is a hard place to play, but so is the Newman Flanagan Center. So, uh, fast forward to Saturday: women at two, men at four. Uh, tell us about Midland.
1: Well, I think they're similar to us in a lot of ways. They shoot a lot of threes. They like to play fast. Uh, they run most of their offense through their guards. You know, we did a we did a really poor job of defending them last time. That was a game we scored 86 points. Um, I think we made 20 or 21 threes. You know, Jaden Klein Hesslink had thirty four that night and we just we could not get stops the whole game, but in particular the last fifteen minutes of that game, we needed some stops to to cut the gap and we just couldn't do it. And so we're we're gonna have to go with a, a little bit different game plan from what we did last time we played them. And that's kind that's the fun of coaching sometimes is you know, you throw something out there, it doesn't work, you have to you have to scheme something different or do something different. Um but you know, it's it's another opportunity to, you know, hopefully by then keep momentum and, and a streak going. Um but it's we're just I, I'm really happy for our guys to get these wins and, and give us some positive energy as we head down the stretch here and doing that at home is just a lot sweeter. So a reminder on that game, Saturday game,
0: women will play at 2. Men will play at 4 o'clock here at the Newman-Flanagan Center. Uh, make sure you get out here. The energy in this building, like I said, for that game against Morningside was was awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a big-time environment. That's, you know, something that if, if you haven't, you know, had a lot of exposure to, quote-unquote, small school basketball, um, you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised just at how big-time an environment can feel at a an NAIA game or something like that so one thing I wanted I've been meaning to ask you about coach I saw this on reddit um I saw this on the internet I don't even know if this is real or not but what I saw was an article about uh some basketball rules that Kim Jong-un in North Korea has implemented in North Korea to make I guess the game a little more interesting uh yeah, over I, there. I saw this too you have okay I
1: I have I I I haven't gone in depth reading anything about it I saw some of the bullet points about it
0: so I want to I want to ask you about these rules and see what you think and first of all in no way does this discussion condone anything with human rights or whatever it is that goes on in North Korea we're talking purely about basketball and whether or not you think Kim Jong-un has a point on some of these rule changes so uh You know, I think we'll just break this down kind of one at a time with some of the the, uh, rules that they've implemented over there in North Korea. And the first is uh, three points for a dunk. What do you think about that? We don't dunk a lot, so I don't, you know, I don't know. No,
1: for Briarcliff, there's no advantage there. So I'm anti three points for a dunk. Okay.
2: Jackson? With that being said, if you were at the game last night and watching our warm-up line, Quentin Vassa and Andy Gillen were flying high. They were feeling good. Did you see that, Matt? I did. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't wasn't there a program rule at one point
0: about no dunking during warm-ups or am I am I imagining that?
2: Why did you bring that up?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not supposed to be doing that. Um, you know, our philosophy is let's let's get the shots up. We're going to shoot in a game and we don't ever dunk in a game. So let's let's shoot threes. Well, and
2: I- hey, my comeback to that is when you're, when you're dunking in warm-ups, you're getting your legs loose. You're exploding off. You're getting warmed up for the game. So, in a way, it still, still transfers.
1: Yeah, and speaking of dunks, Jackson had a denial steal or long run. Something happened on Wednesday night up at Mount Marty. And, you know, Jackson's missed a couple dunks in games in his career. And my reactions are not favorable when that <laughs> happens. And he took off like he was going to go up and try dunking. And there was just no way. He didn't have the legs that late in the game. And I don't know if he actually tried or not or if he just realized, but he was so far from being high enough to dunk that it was actually the guys on the end of the bench, that's where I ended up after the play, they were laughing about it. It was pretty funny. I'm glad he made the layup, but in hindsight, it was really funny. It was not even close. I will say Saturday, uh, Morningside put on kind of a show
0: during warm-ups. And I will say at halftime, they were a little more uh, business oriented. It was a little bit more layups and game situational type shots. So that I took that as a sign of respect that they knew they uh, they needed to maybe regroup and focus a little bit. All right, coach. So uh, the next. So no three point for dunk. I agree. No, nope. unnecessary. Uh, four points for a three pointer that does not touch the rim. That's an interesting one.
1: You're gonna have to have some kind of sensor up there agree. Well, Um, it's North Korea, so don't
0: you think Kim Jong-un is just sitting in a booth giving either the thumbs up or thumbs down? I
1: suppose. Um, But, I mean, if we're talking about basketball for the masses, you're going to have to develop some kind of sensor that uh, detects if there's any contact with the rim. Otherwise, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I I am. You know, it could be late game. You could be a specialist for swishing threes Mm -hmm. to add an extra point, especially late in the game. That would be a big deal. I like it. Yeah, Leffler. I just remember Leffler's shot from when he was here. He
0: had that nice arc. He was a swisher. He, no he'd doubt, be a swisher. Still is. Yeah, yeah, he still is. Yeah, one of one of the. I still say one of the best shots I've ever seen in this gym was his. Um, so uh, here's one
1: minus one point for missing a free throw. I love it. I love it. You know, it's the easiest shot in basketball outside of an uncontested layup. Make your free throws. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the strategy changes because of that. If you have a bad, you know, a -a hack-a-shack situation, Mm -hmm. wow, that can be a game changer. So I I like it. And I I think I should just go on the record and say I'm all for outside-the-box, quirky rule changes in basketball and all sports. So here's the – And not to interrupt you, Matt, on that topic, um, because it happened in the last week, Mount Marty's coach and I were talking – Um, Tuesday night and and into Wednesday we were kind of texting about it but he started it he said on Wednesday morning hey how about this no clock no shot clock and we just play to 100 which is actually funny because we actually scored 100 and won that game (laughs) but uh, you know there's something to that and maybe Jackson knows what's the what's the tournament deal where they play to they play for the time and then when the time's up you add 8 to the winning team score. You know what I'm talking about? Cuz for- Forbes and I were talking about mm. this. You is that about the game? No, no, it's a it's a it's a basketball tournament. I don't remember what it's called, but oh, mm. like a million dollars or something. Yeah, it could be. But they uh, <laughs> they they play for the time and then whatever the score is, you add 8 to the winner's score and that's what you play to. So if you're up 2, it could be really close. If you're up 16, you're probably going to win the game, but you have to score 8 more points. Um so things like that I I think would are interesting and would change the game in in a few ways. But uh that that's off uh, on topic but off topic at the same time. Okay coach so here's the last
0: one. What do you think about this? Any field goal scored in the last 3 minutes is worth 8 points. And it doesn't on this website I found it doesn't say there's a differentiation between uh 2s and 3s. So let's just say any bucket in the last yeah, 3 minutes is worth I, 8. I
1: don't like this because yeah, when you're the team that's down, it could be a game changer, but I also think that in the first 37 minutes, if you've done your work and you've put yourself in a position to win the game, I don't want that to be nullified by one basket. You know, think of, Just think of yesterday's game against Morningside, so we're up 10-11 under three minutes, and they hit 1-3, and all of a sudden, it's a one-possession game. I don't like that at all and even though there's going to be times it works to your benefit when you're the team trailing, I don't like it. They're they're, they're way off on that one.
0: Like that one's for the the fans um, more than anybody. Just to keep some of those games close, maybe I don't know. It seems like Kim Jong Un is more of a an entertainment factor type of guy. Uh,
1: yeah, we we still it's it's still the game of basketball here. Yeah. So let's let's not get too crazy. And I don't know how much
0: influence Rodman's been putting in his year because I know they're kind of buddies. Is well, whatever. If I that read. was
1: the case, they would probably be like added points for rebounding or something, <laughs> something. like that. Yeah. So.
0: All right. So uh, with that, let's go into our life rules section. And I'm just going to say, you know, I've, I've really made it my priority to really take what, what advice you give us to heart and implement those changes in my you life.
1: Know, and it, it's a good idea. And I, I think anybody listening, you're going to better yourself by abiding by the life rules you hear on this podcast.
0: Well, you're certainly going to piss a lot fewer people off with most of the life, life
1: rules that you uh, give us. That's absolutely correct. So that said, what do you have this week? Well, there's times when a situation comes up, and I actually broke the life rule myself during the week, and so I need to bring it up. And so my life rule is this. Don't lose your wedding ring. I found it, but it was lost for about a 12-hour stretch on Wednesday night, and I didn't know if it was in the locker room at Mount Marty. I didn't know if it was somewhere in the corner of my bag that I bring with me to games. Didn't know if it was in the locker room. Ended up it was on our bus, under the seat I sit in. Um, but it's it's a good thing to just keep track of. Yeah, let's. I, I need your opinion on this because I
0: I don't wear my wedding ring. It that's not it's not any commentary on traditional values or anything like that. I just I feel weird typing with it on. It's just I can't have a watch on. It's all like that. But what's your life rule on a married man not wearing a wedding ring at all?
1: Well, I, it depends on the situation for me. I, I don't wear mine during games. I did my first year as head coach, and I played with it a lot. I always take it off, put it back on, clapped it off at one point in the game. Uh, I don't wear it for practice because it feels funny to me. Like if I have to throw a pass or something, I don't like having it on. I don't wear it when I work out. So I'm probably 50-50. So, Jackson, you got something to say here?
2: Yeah. Coach, I want to know what your life rule is for a single dude who doesn't have a wedding ring. Come on.
1: A single dude that doesn't? Yeah,
2: a single dude like me, like myself, that d- does not have a wedding ring. That life rule has nothing to do with.
0: <laughs> As opposed to what, a single dude wearing a wedding ring? What are you saying here, Jackson?
1: <laughs> so you're saying you don't
2: like my life rule because it has
1: no impact on you because you're not married. That's what you're saying. You want something that or you can an, use.
2: Or anybody else that's not married, not just me specifically. I'm speaking for the, I'm speaking for the bulk of the crowd here.
1: All right, that's my first life rule call-out. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll think of another one, Jackson. All right, since, you know, try to keep things topical to, to where we're <laughs> at. My uh, My other life rule for people who are not married is if you get frustrated in a situation in your day, whatever it may be, and you're wearing a suit that's probably – no, Not too tight, Jackson, but, you know, suits aren't cheap, (laughs) and you don't want to rip off the coat and just throw it all willy-nilly, which I did yesterday, Um, and dry cleaning's not cheap, and the funny part is I generally get my suits dry-cleaned every few wears. Um, I, I have a steamer I use if they need to be, if there's a spot that wrinkles, whatever, I can do it myself. Well, that suit i wore yesterday was fresh from the dry cleaner and it's going right back <laughs> because the coat got ripped off i think maybe stepped on by one of the guys and then i got completely drenched with water in the locker room and so that suit's going right back and, and dry clean is not cheap you know you it adds up over the course of a basketball season so if you're somebody that wears a suit whether it's once a week daily just you know take it easy on the suit and 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 make it last
2: See, now we're talking. That's a life rule.
1: That's a life rule we
0: can all vibe with. All right, so that brings us to Champ or Chump. And uh, I have a couple here. And Ken Malone, a name that's become notorious with the BC Buckets podcast, also sent some in. But I'm going to start with mine. And mine are a little more Super Bowl uh, oriented because, obviously, it's it's the day of the big game. And uh, so I'm going to start with uh, Naked Buffalo Wings, Champ or Chump.
2: Yeah, Matt, yeah. what are naked buffalo wild? What did you say again? Naked wings? Yeah. What, oh, okay, I'll clarify that. If, yeah, if you don't unsauce. know
0: what that is, that's unsauced. So some people oh. will get theirs naked, so there's no sauce, and then they either dip it or just eat. It's just chicken. That's At that point, it's just fried chicken.
1: That goes beyond chump, and that's just trash. What are we doing?
0: Yeah, and, uh, people do. I'm surprised you never heard of that. I thought that was pretty universal knowledge. No, but.
2: that's that's definitely chump worthy there.
0: Okay.
1: Sorry if you do that, Matt. You look you look disheartened. No, a little of course bit.
0: I don't.
2: Of course <laughs> I don't. It's
1: crazy, chump for sure. So <laughs> well, Jackson, yeah. it is still a chicken wing without the sauce. Yeah, it's, it's not a buffalo wing. It's still right. It's still a wing of the chicken though. So that leads me to my
0: next question: Champ or Chump? A sauce other than traditional buffalo?
1: Oh, that's champ. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, I you know, I stray mm-hmm. occasionally. Now, when it comes down to it, I'm a buffalo is my favorite. I like it spicy. Um, You know, it's kind of like George Costanza. George likes his chicken spicy. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm good with that. It's a champ. Jackson?
2: That yep, champ. I don't eat much buffalo sauce. So, yeah, definitely champ for me.
0: So, Ken Malone has one for you here. Using more than one penny in the give a penny, take a penny at the gas station, grocery store, insert retailer. Using more than one penny. What do you think about that?
1: Champ. I have a personal philosophy that four is the maximum you should use because if you need five, you need a nickel. So four four, point,
2: four four is the max. What if you don't have a nickel, Coach, and you only have five pennies? Then you're going to be stuck with a lot of
0: change in your pocket. Hit the ATM, do something. I agree at that point. Now, I will say I have before – I don't know what you think about this, but I've put a nickel in so I could take, like, four pennies out just because I – I
1: don't want to have all that change in my. Yeah, body. I understand. I've never actually done that, but I also, anytime I get pennies back, I put them in there, so I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about taking four occasionally if I mm-hmm. need to, because, over the long haul, I'm probably donating more than I'm taking. All right, so there's your Champer Chumps. All right, so that'll take us to our
0: listener questions, and uh, Kent Malone coming through with several. So let's just go down the list here. Coach, who's your favorite college team? and number one sport as a fan that you follow for that team so example uh if you're a texas fan this is his example if you're a texas fan are you a bigger texas football or big bigger texas basketball fan
1: well i i'm a huge iowa hawkeye fan have been my entire life um i i'm a rarity because i grew up in nebraska um and the bulk of my youth was in the 90s and nebraska football was unbelievable at the time but i was a hawkeye fan because my grandpa barney Was a lifelong fan. I was the only grandkid. He brainwashed to be a Hawkeye fan, and I've stuck with that. And I am actually a bigger Hawkeye football fan than basketball. And a lot of that, at this point in my life, I have a little more time on my hands in the fall to follow football. And now I don't get to watch many Iowa basketball games. I certainly cheer for them. When we're done recording this, I'm going to go home and watch their game. But I'm a bigger Iowa football fan than anything else. So a follow-up question, who is your
0: least, and maybe we know the answer to this already, who is your least favorite Nebraska college Nebraska te- football. There you go. That answers the question.
1: And there's really not a close second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so another follow-up question. So Iowa football, would you rather have Iowa football go 500 every year and never lose to Nebraska, or have your team lose to Nebraska every year the rest of your life, with the exception of
1: two years where they win the national championship? National championship course that, for that's, sure that's the pinnacle of it um, that's yeah you know they've been in the conversation a couple times in my lifetime like never actually played in the game but down the stretch been in the conversation and I just those years were awesome and so if they won one that would trump anything yeah as much as Nebraska
0: fans like to think that Iowa fans just are focused on them at all times uh, it absolutely isn't true
2: well that's just a typical Nebraska fan thinking everything's about them right
0: well, if you have a Nebraska fan thinking, then at least they're one step ahead of most of them. Zing. <laughs> Zing. Okay, Coach, I'm going to ask one more. Uh, Ken sent us a bunch. So, Ken, we're going to hold off on a few of these till next week, but I've got to ask this one because it's in the same line that we've, we just had. Um, what is your favorite football team
1: ever at Iowa? Uh, 2002. Yeah. That was uh, – that was the, the first year of the Ferentz era where they were really good. They went 11-1, and won, mm-hmm. ended up losing in the Orange Bowl, but finished the season in the top ten and were there most of it. It was also my freshman year of college, and it was the first time in my life I had friends that were Iowa fans. just growing up in Nebraska, everybody was a Husker fan, and I went to college with a lot of guys from Iowa, and I just remember how awesome it was. I could sit and watch games with people, and they were, they were rooting with me. And so that's by far my favorite year. I, I guess a distant second would be 0-9. Uh, Ricky Stanzi. That team was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But 0-2 uh, Iowa football—that was that was the pinnacle of my lifetime of Iowa football.
0: That—that was, that was the year we beat Roethlisberger. When he was with Miami. No, that was the next year, actually. That was the next year. Yeah, that was the next
1: year. They lost to Iowa State early in the season. That's right. In the game, they led the whole thing. By, like, 20 to 30 points, Yep, they lost in the Orange Bowl real bad to USC and Carson Palmer. But C.J. Jones returned the opening kick for a touchdown. I ran my mouth for, like, 10 minutes to anybody that would listen, and that came back to bite me.
0: Yeah, that that did not go their way, for sure. So
1: awesome questions,
0: Kent. We appreciate it. Uh, Anyone out there, feel free to send those in through Twitter at bcbucketscast or to our email address at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. And again, Kent, we'll get to those other questions next week. So a couple things here to to kind of close things out. We started recently doing a starting five. So we pick a category, pick the starting five for that category if you were putting a team together. We also include a six man, which essentially makes it your starting six. But then we also implemented uh, the thing in that category that you would have cut during tryouts because it was just terrible so that's essentially the worst of the category so with that uh jackson since you're the guest of honor we're going to let you choose what is the topic for this week's starting five
2: all right i was thinking about this i'm just going to keep it pretty simple you're going to do the top five best actors of all time and then the sixth band is going to be changed to sixth woman and it's going to be the best actress like that you think ever so the
0: five have to be actors, men, and the sixth is
1: an actress. All right. So Jackson comes on the podcast and just starts changing rules to whatever he wants. It's it's kind of what I've dealt with the last three years. And I'm just going to uh, say it know, real quick. I'm just because that's not I'm real okay. woke. That's not real woke to start
0: segmenting uh, how we break up our uh, starting five here. But it, you're,
1: you're right. the guest. I'm good with it. I'm good with this. So –
2: yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm not going to let you just get by by saying that without me <laughs> saying some type of comment. Bush League, coach. Bush League.
1: <laughs> um, all right. I'll go first, Jackson. So my starting five, my point guard, Denzel Washington. He's in a couple of my all-time favorite movies. Going to be solid, steady, and reliable. My shooting guard, you know, you want someone who can heat check here, Will Ferrell. You, need to, you, need, you have to have a comedy actor in here somewhere. Will Ferrell's the best when it comes to that, so he's my shooting guard. My three guard is Ed Norton. That's a, that's a hot take right there, but he went on a run in the early 2000s of some big-time movies. Late 90s, too, you're talking Rounders, American History X, 25th Hour, classics. My power forward is Morgan Freeman. That's, that's a no-brainer. He's a stud, most recognizable voice of all time, probably. And then my my center, and arguably my favorite of all these, is Robert De Niro. I'm a huge mafia movie guy. He's in all the best ones. And so he has to be in my starting five. And then my sixth woman, per Jackson's request and rule changes, is Jennifer Aniston. Enough said. And then my cut in tryouts, because I don't, know that I really like any of the movies he's ever been in. Keanu Reeves. With the exception of Bill and Ted movies, I don't like any of the movies he's ever been in. Interesting. You're not a Matrix fan. Terrible. Didn't do it. Terrible. It's terrible. That's a hot take. I you'd have to pay me a decent amount to sit and watch that movie all the way through. So Jackson, what do we got?
2: You know, coach, I'm pretty disappointed Will Smith wasn't on yours. Yeah.
1: you know, Jackson. Or, you know, all of these are up for debate, but this this is my opinion. It's my team, and and I'm gonna put 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 it together how I see fit.
2: Your team sucks.
1: Well, that's <laughs> highly debatable. But let let's hear what you got. I'll no. be interested to I'll be ready to critique it.
2: All right, all right. So at number one, we're gonna put Matt Damon. Um, he's in a lot of movies. Uh, actually, I'm a big movie fan or fan of movies that make you think. in – He's he's in a lot of movies. I couldn't name you the exact movie. Could barely remember his name. But he's definitely my starting five. Wow,
1: this is this is something else. All right, good start, Jackson. What else kay. we got?
2: Then two, which is actually would be like my favorite actor of all time is definitely Will Smith. Pursuit of Happiness, I Am Legend. Just he's in a ton of great movies. Focus. And, and his his peak, in my opinion, was Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh yeah, definitely. And he has a kid in that played Karate Kid. He just he just all around just brings it.
1: Well, I haven't seen that, but I guarantee it's not as good as the original Karate Kid.
2: Yep, not gonna. Yep. Okay. All right, and then uh, the three I got to go. Will Ferrell, dude's hilarious. Now we're we'll Um, and then I was kind of. I'm still thinking on four, but five is Morgan Freeman. He's not going to play the fourth coach. He's going to be the five. He's down low. He's, he's a dude. It may sound like I'm not a big movie guy because I can't think of my fourth, but I'm actually a huge movie guy. I watch a ton of movies. So for listeners, I'm a movie guy, but struggling with my fourth actor. All right. After long deliberation and thought, the top, probably my second favorite actor, Leonardo DiCaprio is the fourth. Very underrated. I can't believe I've. He didn't come to my mind right away, but Leonardo DiCaprio is fourth. And then the best female actress of all time, Meryl Streep. And who's your cut? Who'd you cut? Who didn't make the list? Who's terrible, in your opinion? Jennifer Aniston.
1: (laughs) Dumb. (laughs) All
0: right, so there you have it, starting fives for this week. Uh, And then we will go ahead and close things out with our shout-outs like we do every
1: week. Uh, And, Coach, we'll start with you. Yeah, I've got two. First one goes to Coach Erdman and Coach Forbes. Those guys jumped in on our scout team last week to give us a look for Mount Marty and a couple of their really good guards. And as we all know, those dudes could play. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, they still can. So shout out to those guys for jumping in. And then I got to give a shout out to my wife because I was informed after the game. She was actually the one that went over and picked up my thrown suit jacket and put it over a chair so it didn't get trampled in a potential post-game celebration
2: all right i got two two coach um my first i would just want to make a shout out to all those that um kept by this team's side even through like the tough times that we've had this year um it doesn't go unnoticed. like in my tweet we all appreciate it so much and um yeah it just it's just the Briarcliff community and is special something special and i'm just super 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 glad to be a part of it and then my second shout out is honestly to you coach uh the game plans that you you came up with this week and we're just that i, I honestly believe that's the reason we won you you put the time in um the season hasn't been easy and we all appreciate what you do and the time you put in and you you deserve a shout out honestly
0: yeah for sure uh, well deserved there and jackson i'm gonna give a shout out to you and really all the guys um but kind of like you said it's it's been a you know a tough year in terms of briarcliff standards or at least what fans are used to seeing um but that said you guys haven't wavered i mean you're still playing briarcliff basketball heads aren't hung uh you know you you gave the crowd last night everything you had and you know that's that's all you can do that's all you can do to control it and you know it's like Coach has said many times, and like we said earlier, this is a season that very easily could be flip-flopped from where we're at now, conference record-wise and that sort of thing. So just on behalf of of the fans, thank you guys for coming in and, and giving it your all because we're going to have your back no matter what. Uh, what makes these seasons fun when they're not necessarily going your way is to see, okay, so what happens next? How do these guys respond? And it's just been, it's been inspiring to see how you guys have – have taken what's gone on in the middle part of the season and used it to, you know, hopefully finish real strong. The season's not over yet, like you said. There's a lot to play for, and uh, the awesome part is you get to play all those here at home. So, you know, we're going to be seeing you guys quite a bit.
2: I appreciate that, Matt. And if I was going to end on anything, I would say one word: family. We're just a family.
0: Awesome. So, quick reminder: uh, Wednesday night here at the Newman Flanagan Center. 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock, women will play at 6, men will play at 8 against Dakota Wesleyan. And then on Saturday at 2 and 4 against uh, Midland. So I'm going to shut things down here so I can go get ready for uh, the Super Bowl party. I'm I'm going to go, uh, you know, prepare myself mentally, emotionally, and physically for uh, the game and the abundance of food I'm going to be eating here in just a few hours. Uh, and the power came back on. So... You know, it's going to be a good day. That's a good omen. Go Chiefs. Go Chargers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week.